Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. Two beers, all right? One for me, one for me, mate. <laughs> a legendary figure about to encounter a world more treacherous than any he has ever known. G'day. Big down deep from Australia. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Just going down for a couple of days. Probably see you around. Fine. This your first trip to New York? First trip anywhere. Well, we might just have to give you one for free. <laughs> yeah. I'm what? Hello, and welcome to Rewatchability, the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is... Alligator Rob. Okay, not your real name, and... J.M. McNabb. Why do I always have to go after him? <laughs> he always says something silly. Yeah, but you seem non-creative after. <laughs> That's after true. That. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, pretty mean. It looks it looks bad on both of you is what I I'm saying. I just took the only other good reptile other than <laughs> crocodile. But you could be like Cayman J.M. A Cayman's like a crocodile. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we want to say that Rewatchability is on the Entertainment One Podcast Network, and we'd like to thank our Patreons. These are people that give one, three, five dollars a month to keep the lights on, to keep us going here. Yeah. You can give any amount. You can give more, and you can even suggest a movie. Like happened this week. Michael, one of our patrons, patron saints, can we call them that? I don't think we can. No. <laughs> not legally, that anyway. That doesn't sound right at all. No, it's, they're not saints, but they're very nice. <laughs> they're saints in like the pejorative sense, just not in the religious way. You have to perform right. like three miracles. Or I think they put it down to two because, you know, Catholicism is a bit desperate well, right now. Well, miracle one is hypnotizing a water buffalo. So we're getting that out of the way. <laughs> in this movie, Michael Saint has, Dundee. <laughs> has suggested this week that we cover Crocodile Dundee. Right. But let's let him tell us in his own words why he chose this movie. Please do Crocodile Dundee. I was reminded of it in the Super Bowl ad, and I'd like to see if it really does hold up as much as my nostalgia remembers. And so we're going to get into wow. it. We're, we're going to get into Crocodile Dundee here on yeah, the podcast. Get into it, if you will. So when did you first see Crocodile Dundee, Rob? I don't know to what degree I saw the first Crocodile Dundee. In the 80s, these movies sort of blurred together. I know that I saw Crocodile Dundee, Did you see too. other people, like 
wrestling crocodiles in other movies? Like, it seems like it, like this is its well, there was, wheelhouse. No, there was an exploitation genre. And there's Quigley Down Under. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know? You you prove yourself right. I'm sorry. The films of Yahoo Serious. Oh, yeah. Young Einstein. Australia has a rich cinematic history. (laughs) But I only saw Crocodile Dundee 2. And I liked it. I liked Crocodile Dundee as a character. Like when I was a kid, he was sort of broad enough that he was enjoyable. He was funny. He seemed to have like magic powers. Yeah. 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 And like something about his like. Wait, what? Well, like with the like hypnotizing thing, the oh, wow, 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 wow. that's true. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like casting spells, <laughs> except on the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but did you did you like the movie when you were younger? Did you? I did. I thought Crocodile Dundee was cool. I yeah. didn't see any problem with him whatsoever. It seemed a bit hokey a little bit later, and I dated somebody whose dad was Australian, yeah. so. Everything I knew about Australians, I knew from Crocodile Dundee. That must have been so insulting for him. Yeah, it was, there was a, it was a rough patch, but I think I learned to love Australian people and to get an appreciation for their culture. They're all going to hate us by the end of this podcast. For sure, yeah. especially when I do more of my accent, might. <laughs> at, th- <laughs> oh, at Thanksgiving dinner, when uh, your girlfriend's dad was carving the turkey, did you ask it was him a if, roux. He, if he thought that was a knife? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, J.M.? I distinctly remember seeing this movie when I was little because we were like my family was on a road trip to Australia to Australia no yeah. in the United States okay and we stopped over a walkabout yeah <laughs> kind of like the in one in a car yeah yeah but we stopped over at some uh, some families uh, with some family some of my dad's family and uh, my older cousins were watching it on TV. Hmm. And so I watched it with them, and I remember thinking it seemed very adult and grown up mm. for me, a little mature. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I would have been like four probably. Okay. So I had only really watched like Disney stuff up to this mm-hmm. point. And I remember like later on, like being a bit of an older kid and thinking back on that memory and thinking that was really stupid. Like, because that's, it's not like a grown up movie. It's not an adult movie. But now so watching your younger self yeah, as your a, younger self, idiot four year old me. <laughs> I know. No, but I, I did always think like, oh, that's kind of, you know, or just that's a funny kid thing to think this was grown up, you know, because I think because it started in like a bar and right. none of the movies I watched like took place in <laughs> bars. But then, you know, watching it now, I'm like, oh, I, I kind of vindicated that four year old opinion because yeah. it is quite it's adult. Very- yeah, but I don't remember anything about the movie from that first viewing, other than thinking like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't be watching this or something," because mm-hmm. because you know it, it gets a little violent, a little sexy. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, I saw so Crocodile Dundee two a lot more because they played that yeah. on TV constantly through the eighties and nineties. Like, I don't know I've, if I've ever seen that one. I, I feel like I, I, I like, yeah. I have no memory of the minefield of that movie. I just remember that that. it's more of like, I think it is more of like an action movie because he gets involved with the mob or somebody's trying to stop his girlfriend from publishing some photos and they're trying to kill her. Right. There's no mob in this one. And he's still trying to figure out escalators. (laughs) Yeah. Still tricky. (laughs) Yeah. So I just, I saw that one a lot more. (laughs) And then Crocodile Dundee 3 I never, never saw. No. In Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about you, Blaine? I remember seeing it when I was a kid. It was a rental, and I watched with my mom, and I remember thinking it was really cool and fun. I remember distinctly the water buffalo moment, because there was another moment in uh, Me, Myself, and Irene where he tries to, like, 
resuscitate a cow on the side of the road. Anyway, it's a hmm. similar moment. And you I love bovines in the middle of roads. <laughs> <laughs> that's the place of our own. That, <laughs> that's my distinct fetish. Well, it's and also cows <laughs> in the scene where he hypnotizes a cow or a whatever it is. What yeah. is it? An a, ox? Water, a water, it's a water, buffalo, water buffalo. It's beca- he hypnotizes it because it's standing in the path of their car, yeah. and he hypnotizes it, and then it just lies down, and they're all like, "Wow, that's amazing!" But it's still oh, they <laughs> run it over. Yeah, it actually, yeah. It's now just it's some beef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I remember that, and I remember trying to like because there were like farms around Kingston and stuff, and I remember trying to be like, "Yeah, if, like if I could do that, like that'd be really cool." But I never tried. Could- I was like to like hypnotize a cow. Like I thought I could actually do that. Like I thought it was real when I was a kid. I, I was very very young. <laughs> I was wow. very young and very trusting of what I saw on Though, TV. Not bringing you to the petting zoo. <laughs> I'm going to just put They're this... They're just all asleep by the end. I'm just going to put this out there. Of all the things that happen in this movie, all the things Crocodile Dundee does, mm-hmm. for that to be the thing you take away and try out in real life, I think is a good thing. I also grabbed every man by the crotch. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll get into that. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing. Isn't he supposed to have gotten that, like, mystical power from being raised by the Aborigines? Oh, definitely. And there's a lot of that in here, too. Although it's a little subverted here and there. You uh, were, like, you were being racist. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I grew up in, like, the whitest town in Ontario, I think. Yeah. Do you want to run down the complex plot of Crocodile Dundee, Rob? I sure do. Okay. Might. (laughs) Jesus. Every time I know it's coming. It's about a Dundee... Who's also a crocodile? Nope. No, okay. It's about this journalist. His last name is Dundee, right? Yeah, his name is like... <laughs> no, no, his first name is actually Crocodile, but the Dundee part is a nickname. Well, Indiana Jones. Um, anyway, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it's about this journalist. Her name is Sue. She's from the United States. She's on assignment in Australia, mm-hmm. and she's about to go back, but she's got this lead on this big story. There's this guy who survived this gnarly crocodile attack and apparently crawled out of the wilderness. And so she tells her editor slash boyfriend that she wants to stick around for a couple more days and interview him and get this story. Mm-hmm. And we know she's in Australia because outside her hotel room window is every significant landmark in yeah. Sydney <laughs> like in one shot. <laughs> Give me something with a view of the opera house. Yeah, exactly. And the bridge. Let's do it. And yep. kangaroos. <laughs> There's a giant kangaroo there. So she goes out there. She meets his friend Walter, who's like this old guy, and he brings her to— Who mentored him, right? Like, yeah. That's what he says later. But that seems weird to me. I guess so. He's like a sort of butler character. He's like Alfred. Yeah. You know. <laughs> or whatever the butler's name was in, in Tomb Raider. <laughs> you know, the butler characters we all know and love. Yeah. yeah. What's your butler name, Blaine? <laughs> Sir Blainery? I don't know. Wait, am I the butler? Why would a knight be a butler? <laughs> it was like a come down. <laughs> Like, I served the queen for a long time, and now I'm serving (laughs) Will Smith. It's not as lucrative (laughs) nowadays. You have to do your own butt leg. But anyway, but so she goes out. She wants to interview this guy. So he takes her to this sort of Australian version of this redneck bar Mm. where she thinks that they're going to find Crocodile Dundee. And uh, in he comes, waltzing in with a crocodile. Well, like wrestling it, like it's attacking him or something. (laughs) (laughs) You just made a lot of gyrations with your hands. Those signify nothing. over the podcast. It's an audio medium. This is why why Crocodile Dundee was not a radio play. It started as a radio play. It was Orson Welles' Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) I didn't even know what they meant when I saw them. Your gesticulation. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is they were just random rubbings of a crocodile. Roughly the arm span of when you hug a crocodile. <laughs> okay, you see. don't remember that popular eighties dance that rubbed the crocodile? Hug the movie? crocodile yeah. was a popular crowded house song. They're an Australian right. band. So yeah, he comes in the band. Uh, yeah. He's wrestling a crocodile, but uh, as we know, all wrestling is fake. Yeah. So it turns out it's a dead crocodile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a sort of exaggerated Australian outback man that she's read about. And, you know, everybody's sort of been talking about the story, and they sort of, like, indicate that it's been played up a bit, right? Yeah, it might be a lie. Yeah, Yeah, or, you know, and somebody even says at one point that, oh, he was just poaching crocodiles, which, as we learn, is illegal in Australia. This movie's essentially a PSA for crocodile (laughs) poaching in Australia. I love how she's shocked that he's a crocodile poacher because he comes in wearing, like, a crocodile vest (laughs) and a hat made of crocodile teeth. It's like, no, not that guy. Yeah, where'd he get all that stuff? (laughs) Can I pay for my beer and crocodile? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the guy who, Just like, whose date was a dead crocodile is a crocodile yeah. poacher. I'll never harm a croc. <laughs> They're majestic creatures. <laughs> but uh, he's like kind of a dick to her right away. He's pretty macho. He like demands a dance. They yeah. dance. He punches at a guy that says some wrong words because he shouldn't be swearing in front of a lady. Well, he punches him out because he's like calling him out on crocodile poaching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. His like special skill or his like magic power, as you were, yeah. apparently like punching out people while other people are distracted. I'm glad I didn't know that as a five year old. Dinners, <laughs> but we'll come to that. But yeah. anyway, so she's finally met this big outback guy, and, and at first it seems like it's exaggerated, but he does actually seem like he's a little bit crazy. And they go out to where supposedly the incident happened, and they're gonna camp out for several days alone while he shows her exactly everything that happened and where mm-hmm. the crocodile bit him and all that stuff. Yeah, you could, you could cut the sexual tension with a knife. The crocodile Dundee would then brandish a larger knife <laughs> and wave it in your face. Uh, but I, I do want to say, like, that moment in the bar where she first meets him, there's a shot where, like, she gives him this up and down, just like... Yeah, yeah, va-voom. Yeah, like, yeah, really yeah, obviously yeah. checking him out, which feels a bit weird because Paul Hogan co-wrote this movie. Like, it oh, feels like he's, like, yeah. putting a scene where, you she know, can't she take his eyes Googles me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's she's, like... strapping Australian yeah. man. Yeah. She's, I'm like... In a slice of beef. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop talking like that. Yeah, please do. No, no. I was going to start talking like that. So. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he writes in a lot of her falling for him and him doing crazy cool things. Yeah. yeah. But do you think that, like, he could be considered a sex symbol in the 80s because there was a different standard of man (laughs) in a movie written by him yes yeah he sort of has like a clint eastwood fizzy sort of like skinny and bony and you can see like that like rib the sinew yeah (laughs) he looks like an old coin purse in this movie yeah i mean if you're attracted to things in formaldehyde jars then i think you'd be attracted to him yeah they call him crocodile dundee because of his skin condition (laughs) (laughs) he never got bitten by a crocodile yeah he became a crocodile (laughs) it's like a a were crocodile that bit him he's also he was like 47 in this movie and yeah. he looks about 67. Yeah. Yeah. And he behaves about 17. He's yeah. like 80 years old now. He's like Christopher Plummer's age. But a bunch of Outback stuff happens. I don't know if you guys knew this. Australia is crazy. There's yeah. a bunch of like crazy stuff that will try to kill you there. Like while they're about to go to sleep, he sees a snake and casually He punches the snake. <laughs> he does. He punches the snake right in the face. Yeah. So. He also a little callback to our hard target podcasts. Yeah. But he also at one critical moment, they've sort of had like some sort of a fight, I think, and she goes off on her own or something. Well, he calls it 
man country or something. So right. She doesn't really belong out in the wilderness because man's country. She's like, I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah. There's but a she's a New like, Yorker, so she can handle it. But it's also like to- she's a Sheila. <laughs> it's also totally Sheila. reasonable for her to not know her way around the Australian wilderness. Well, she's like, never yeah. been there before. Yeah. Well, like, but also we're led to believe that this is like the toughest guy in Australia. I mean, yeah, but she can barely survive it. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like insane that she would like try to prove a point by going off on her own. I don't. Know. I, I love that when she does go off on her own, she's wearing a dress. Like there's there's snakes everywhere, and her legs are exposed. And then she walks off in the exact opposite direction that he points where he's going to go. It was a weird. I don't know why the director did that. I don't know why. Yeah, and then like, let's make her go in the opposite. She he's following her the whole time. Yeah, and like, yeah, and yeah kind of which is on her. Yeah, but then her the next thing she does is she goes Probably to like off. <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry. Into the one potted plant. He was hiding in the bushes. <laughs> what was he doing in there? <laughs> Bushwhacking. <laughs> right, that works. I'm that's, just saying that. That's where they got uh, it. Okay, that's where they got you it. You guys <laughs> sullied crocodile Dundee. Uh but she goes to the third thing she does after she walks off on her own is she goes to the water's edge, the and, billabong, and takes off all of her clothes. And yeah. gets, she's in like a bathing suit, and, and she's like, "I need oh to, my God, I yeah. need to stretch. I need to expose yeah. every bathing suit, every inch of my body that I need to, that I can." She starts stretching like, yeah, yeah, like a catalog model. Like, she looks like she's posing for the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Yeah. And the, <laughs> The director does like a little kind of dolly in on creepy old crocodile Dundee in the bushes. Yeah, There's a yeah. soft saxophone in the distance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and then she goes to the water. She like starts wading in the water. Okay. The only reason like you came here, the one thing you know is that there's crocodiles in the water. All you've seen is crocodiles. You've seen crocodiles and one snake. This movie's called Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> the only guy you know is named Crocodile. And you just saw a boat that was bit in half by a crocodile. So, of course, she gets attacked by a crocodile. Yeah. Oh, I that, didn't expect that. That only grabs her canteen, which yeah. lucky for her. He was just thirsty. <laughs> just like, shiny. Yeah, goes uh, for it. Crocodile Dindy comes out, cuts her loose from the canteen, saves her life. Well, and then he, like, stabs the crocodile through the skull and, like, twists the knife. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he, he doesn't. real pleasure in all the death he causes. Yeah, he he decimates that crocodile. There's no like beating it back so it like no. swims away. There's His no, first like, strike is a kill strike. Weak ass Steve Irwin <laughs> shit. No, it's like, like direct headshot. <laughs> yeah. Blaine, he needed some new pants for his, <laughs> right. his crocodile suit. Yeah, the rest of the movie is him just tanning crocodile hide while he He's, tans his own hide in the sun. not a poacher. <laughs> not a poacher. He's just wearing his legs through the crocodile. The, yeah. the rest of the croc just hanging <laughs> from the top. <laughs> like my Levi's. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Yeah. So I it, like that he has no. He absolutely does not care for wilderness at all. There's no like communing with nature. No, no. Point, it's 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 totally just like dominating nature. At one point, there's these city cowboys who come in and they're like shooting these kangaroos from the back of their trucks. Yeah. And Crocodile Dundee's just like. Ah, you know, they're just having fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she's like, do something about this. And so he goes and arms one of the dead. He picks up a corpse of a kangaroo. Yeah. And starts shooting a gun at them. I'm going to argue with you that that was the one great moment in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. when those guys think that a kangaroo has picked up a gun and started shooting at them. It's Kangaroo Jack. He's back. Okay. That, I'm going to, there's a moratorium on the accent. <laughs> put that right out there. <laughs> 
it's a great moment, but this man has no respect for animal corpses like, whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, he, he should bury that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it could make a nice set of pajamas. See, how does it, when I do it, is it okay? <laughs> yeah. Yours, yours isn't bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Blaine? <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll wait for mine. We have a lot of Australian listeners, so uh, we apologize. I think we do we, have some we, Australian listeners. We do. None now, but we did. Which is very nice. I've always wanted to go to Australia. I think it looks like an amazing yeah. country. Oh, that's like the one place I want to go. Yes, definitely. But I think it's weird because like Paul Hogan was known in America because he did those visit Australia tourism spots, mm-hmm. like the shrimp on the Barbie right. spots. But it's weird because that's how he was known. And then he made a movie about Australia or Australian culture in a way to kind of sell to America. But... In the movie, Australia just seems like a murder-filled hellscape. <laughs> like, nothing about right. that seemed appealing to yeah, me. Yeah, they don't yeah, go yeah. to any of the attractions. That's so, so it's like Ernest P. Worrell. Like, he came from all these ads and so did Crocodile Dundee in a way. Well, he wasn't yeah. playing that character. He was himself with like a, in like a polo shirt, you know, having Wait, a glass of wine. He's not Crocodile Dundee? I'm sorry, Blaine. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me Santa's not real. Blaine. This is bullshit. Santa is real. Thank you. He's Tim Allen. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. He signed that contract. Yeah. Well, I sort of feel like Paul Hogan, either through those ads or also through this, did become the face of Australia, which is also <laughs> why the Australian Tourism Commission commissioned that Crocodile Dundee ad for the Super Bowl this year. That yeah. was them. Which, right. which is what Michael said kind of prompted him thinking about this movie again. Yeah. yeah. And it, I think I read that Paul Hogan basically said that he sort of wrote this to sell to Americans as an ad for Australia with, like, exaggerating some of yeah. those stereotypes. Right. And you can come to Australia and kill things, too. See, that was no, mine. No, yours was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all yeah. terrible at this. <laughs> but I think that he also said that Australia didn't have any good heroes. I think he said something like, Ned Kelly sucks. Uh, Ned Kelly sucks? Yeah. Dude, he was badass. Yeah, well, I mean, there are a lot of Australian badasses. made bulletproof armor and took down, like, he was a folk hero. What about Mad Max? (sighs) Not good enough for Paul Hogan, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, let's get into what happens next, because... Yeah, after they, like, have all this danger time in the wilderness, she sort of says, hey... Wouldn't it be great if you came back to New York with me? She's like, hey, we're the print industry in the 1980s. We just have money to burn. Let's fly you out, put you up in a four-star hotel for as long as you want. Yeah, this industry is always going to be here. It'll never die! (laughs) Yeah, but before they go to New York, there's like a little bit of Aborigine, like they, they... touch on that a little bit and they and they kind of subvert the thoughts that like americans have of the aboriginal culture in in australia yeah it's not i don't think it's a good portrayal no because there's there's that part where they're doing some kind of ritual and they say we don't want you to take pictures of it like this is sacred or something so she you know they go off immediately goes and takes pictures yeah she follows them starts (laughs) taking pictures crocodiles dundee sees her and like smirks like i like how you disrespected their culture (laughs) yeah i i like the whole the way that they treated it, I mean I'm not Australian so I don't really know the particulars of the relationship between the settler Australians and the Aboriginal Australians but the whole like he was raised by an Aboriginal tribe and then like the mysticism baloney that doesn't seem cool anymore but then also there's the part where she very much like a journalist asks him 
Like, what about all the things about the Aborigines saying, you took our land and we want it back? He's like, nah, they don't believe that they own the land. They don't care. The Aborigines, what do you think about their claims to get the land back? Ah, uh, well, you see, Aborigines don't own the land. They belong to it. It's like their mother. See those rocks sticking up there? And stand up there for 600 million years. Still be there when you and I are gone. So arguing over who owns them. Like, oh, two fleas arguing over who owns the dog they live on. Maybe they do care and we should hear from one of their mouths. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she does ask him, and so he's the only one around to respond. I, I did, I did feel like the the kind of her being like, "Oh, can I not take your picture because it'll steal your soul?" And he's like, "No, nah, because your lens cap's on." <laughs> I can't do that accent whatsoever. Uh, no, but like, no. I kind of, I kind of thought that was funny. funny. They were kind of lampooning what Americans thought of them. I mean, the character was good. Yeah, that that one character that we saw that represented the entire Aboriginal yeah. population of Australia. Anyway, they go to New York. Yeah, and it's like way longer or way deeper into the movie than I remembered. Like I thought it was just kind of briefly there in Australia, then they go to New York. It's like thirty-seven minutes or yeah. something. Yeah, I, thought, they fly I sort of forgot York. about the New York part. Yeah, <laughs> I remember New York being this the second a fish movie. In some water story. Yeah, <laughs> I think I got it confused with like because he's in the city in Crocodile Dundee too. Like, yeah. Oh, Obviously, he must go to the city and Crocodile on D2. Why would they do that in the first one? Then what would they have to do in the second one? I don't think yeah. it was like a planned trilogy like Lord of the Rings <laughs> where they're like, okay, the second movie goes to New York. Yeah. Third movie, there's a big battle. <laughs> <laughs> we need ten endings for this one movie. Yeah. No, he, he goes to New York uh, pretty far into the movie. Yeah. And that's kind of the fish out of water story. We get Croc. like out of water. So we take this character that was out of water and put her in her native habitat and like take him out yeah. of water. And it really like shifts the entire tone of the movie. Like it becomes much more of a comedy than it sort of was before. The first part of the movie, it's mostly seems to be about them sort of like coming together and, and kind of falling for each other. Yeah, and she's sort of like forced to do it because she's in the dangerous wilderness with him and <laughs> he's the only one that can protect her. Well, yeah, yeah it's also a weird thing because like, <laughs> like she, Stockholm syndrome. She kind of has that moment where she gets annoyed that he says man country yeah. and goes off on her own and then he saves Stop her. Stop calling me Sheila. Yeah, but it almost kind of like vindicates his like sexist oh, yeah. attitude for her because from then on she really like is enjoys the fact that he takes care of her or she yeah, feels he's safe like a rugged him. man yeah. yeah like even mm. in the city where like it's yeah, she, her turf yeah she yeah she says that i always feel like safe around yeah. you like why am i so attracted to you because of that like all that stuff like it, uh, yeah it's weird it's problematic Definitely problematic. Yeah. But we'll get into more of the problems with this movie right after we come back from this message. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about Crocodile Dundee, which was a Patreon request. Yeah. And uh, All you have to do is give us money and we'll do what you want. <laughs> Let's not phrase it like that. Oh, okay. Rob will do anything you want. Just <laughs> give him money. Well, here's the weirdest thing to me about when they get to New York in the yeah. Crocodile Dundee movie. Because I feel like... Which me- is halfway through the movie. Yeah, but if it was more... If it was an American movie, if it was maybe more seasoned screenwriters, I'm guessing there would be some kind of objective, some kind of thing they were looking forward to. Like, right. we're bringing back Crocodile Dundee to like talk at this conference or well, yeah. some kind of thing. There's and they would have nothing. gone there. And yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> Way to go, Paul Hogan. <laughs> and they would have gone there at the end of Act One. Like, it feels like yeah. they go there in the midpoint of the movie, which yeah. doesn't really make sense. And there's no story. It's just Crocodile Dundee just drifting through. Ooh. It is yeah. kind Life. of a, it, it, it is kind of it's a, a rom about. It's a rom com in a way because it's about the will they won't they get together yeah. of him and Sheila. It's, it's like a rom com where he never spends any time with his love interest. He spends more time yeah. talking to hookers and pimps than he does <laughs> the woman he's falling in love oh, with. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into that. He, he gets put up in this fancy hotel. Well, before that, I mean the the first thing that I thought was crazy about this. So like. Crocodile Dundee and Sue, the reporter, kissed. They made out probably yeah. more in the billabong after she invited him to New York. So right. they fly to New York. Sexual tension. Everything's cool. She's picked up at the airport by her boyfriend, yeah. who is also her editor. And they're Conflict all just of like interest, man. hanging about, you know, <laughs> just being like, hey, we're all cool with each other. None of us have our eyes on the same girl. <laughs> and she's just oblivious to it. She's like, I didn't see how this would create any conflict. Yeah. I just led on this strapping Australian man, yeah. and now I'm bringing him back to do a story about him for my editor boyfriend. And then she's like, you know what would make this even better? If we all went for dinner together <laughs> yeah. at a fancy restaurant where the Australian guy will feel super out of place. <laughs> but get driven there by Reginald Val Johnson. Oh well, yeah, well that makes it all better. It does. It kind of makes it all better, actually. This whole movie. Just when I, hot, mate. <laughs> when I just saw his face, I was like, "Yeah, He's, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> he right, plays cool. a limo driver who I assume must be an undercover cop. Yeah, because he can't not play a cop in a movie. Well, yeah, he switched. <laughs> he switched careers after this. He's he like, has "I'm a second job. <laughs> I'm good with people. I should really be a cop." Yeah. So they go out to dinner. And because the boyfriend of this Sheila is doing what boyfriends do. Yeah, there's like a little bit of like a dick measuring sort of thing yeah. happening between them. Or knife measuring, if you R- will. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> he has a like, spoon, so. They're at like some fancy <laughs> Italian restaurant and he's going to like order for everybody, which just seems so weird <laughs> to order for the whole table. But then yeah. Sue insists on doing it so that crocodile dundee won't be embarrassed mm-hmm. <laughs> which still seems like he now she's embarrassing him as yeah. well she's just another yeah. person that's ordering for him but it's it's also like it's kind of i kind of like this scene for a while because it did kind of get you it's this is a silly movie and you want yeah. to do those silly movie tropes of like let's get the audience on crocodile dundee's side yeah. because this guy's well, such you a smarmy jerk yeah he's had a little too much to drink he's he trying to make like him- judge reinholdt no. No? You think? <laughs> I thought so. Who did I think he looked like? I'll think of it later. Okay. But he's, he's a little too much to drink. He's being smart. He's trying to make Crocodile Dundee feel small. And 
for a while, I was totally yeah. on Crocodile Dundee's side. I was like, yeah, this guy's a jerk. This guy's smarmy. And then Crocodile Dundee responds by assaulting him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> by doing like, what's over there? And then she looks and then he punches her boyfriend <laughs> in the face. Yeah. It's like all he did was say like, why don't you order off the menu? Yeah. It's like that wasn't like a punchable offense. God, no. <laughs> I was so like on his side. And then at that point, it's like, oh, fuck this guy. And yeah. he punches him so hard that the guy doesn't know his own name. <laughs> he collapses and he's like, eyes go all googly. <laughs> and then they're in the limo talking about him and he's between them. And apparently they don't think he has the wherewithal to even hear him, them talking about him. No, no. He's like drooling down his own suit. Yeah, oh it's God. horrible. He punches him pretty hard. I don't respect any of them <laughs> <laughs> but he he ends up going to a bar and then outside the bar with his cab driver oh uh, yeah that's right yeah with his with his cab driver and he makes friends with the cab driver and they go to this bar yeah um and this is this is the first of many uh, not the first this is the 30th of many problematic scenes in in crocodile Dundee, oh yes uh when he's kind of being hit on by this woman yeah and- he he's about to this woman says she's gonna leave and he says fancy some company mm-hmm. and so he's about to leave with her yeah. and then his friend the taxi driver tells him that she's a dude yeah so instead to of paraphrase aerosmith yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then instead of going up and asking this person hey do you you know who do you identify as or anything uh, well i mean anything i, I didn't have a high bar because it's 1986 no but still what yeah describe what happens next or even or even since 1986 be like hey you dude nothing just grabs this person's crotch yeah as if he's if he, as if he's trying to tell the difference between like a male cat and a female cat and also something. i think that is in fact what he's doing <laughs> and even awful. even more disturbingly is how like everyone in the bar like cheers yeah <laughs> it's really awful yeah. like this is new I, like i thought New York would be one of the places that was a little bit more progressive. I thought that was maybe like what they were trying to show. It. Like, That's you know, what I thought. Too, yeah, that New he was York. Be weird out by you know, it. There's trans like, people. Yeah, it's not a big deal. And then everyone in the bar was going to be like, "Hey, cool it, man," or like something like that. But no, no, cheer the. I wanted, weirdo. You know, I wanted the bar. when the taxi driver it's friend. Awful. Pulls Paul Hogan over and is like, hey, that's a dude. That guy's a fag. I want Paul Hogan to punch the taxi driver. I know. There's a time for physical violence. No, there's (laughs) never a time for physical (laughs) violence. But, you know. Uh, yeah, it's not like he made him order off a menu or anything. But, uh, <laughs> but also, they go out of their way in those scenes to show how much of a people person he is. And we're yeah. supposed to like Crocodile Dundee because he's a people person. Like, he's from a small town. So he's, uh, you know, he's saying hi to everybody. And, you know, and he asked the cab driver, why don't we go for a drink? Like, mm-hmm. and I, was, I started thinking, like, yeah, he's a, he's a, like a personable guy. And then that happens. You're like, why? Why is he so friendly to some people and then awful to that character? It's just, I don't know. I yeah. think it's about class. And this is why. Because later in the movie. Always about class. <laughs> later in the movie, he meets a rich person that is a, right. is well, a male dressed as a woman. This is the callback to it's that a, scene. It's a callback. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it? it's treated. Well, we should talk about that. I don't, yeah. I don't know how that, like, what, what, if that was supposed to be a joke, because I think in that moment, he grabs and he does doesn't same. feel bald. Well, you know, we should say what happens is he goes to like a fancy party and yeah. the hostess is like an older woman that is somewhat masculine. Uh-huh. And when he's introduced to her, he does the same thing. He like grabs at her genitalia. 
presumably doesn't feel male anatomy. Right. Trying to say this as sensitively as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's like, oh, okay, good. And then the hostess also loves it. Right. She's like, I got to go to Australia, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's better when you grab a woman's genitalia. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Crocodile Dundee. Just don't grab anyone's genitalia. Yeah, he's going to run for president next. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is awful. But yeah, yeah. it's both scenes were awful. And then yeah. with the scene immediately following the one in the bar, he goes outside, starts talking to two prostitutes, and then but he punches know, a pimp in the face. But he doesn't know they're prostitutes. He no. thinks they're, they're fine, yeah. outstanding ladies or whatever. But I wanted to know what he would have thought of them if he found out they were prostitutes. Like probably would have punched them. He probably would have. Knowing pu- Crocodile Dundee and his backwards <laughs> yeah, attitude. Except Australian dollars. Dollar yeah. reviews. <laughs> I just want to know where his politics stop. Like, they're just so weird. Uh, anyway. Well, I don't... Yeah, I mean, Australia's a conservative sort of place in a lot of ways. And he's supposed to be, like, a really, like, backwards, outback guy. Actually, maybe this is a good point. I wanted to bring up... I watch... Sometimes when we do these movies, I like to look at the Siskel and Ebert review and see what they say. Because this movie made, like, a ton of money. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was, like, the second highest grossing film that year after... Top Gun. Wow, really? Yeah, it's the second highest grossing. I, I think like Aliens was like number nine. Right. <laughs> That's uh, nuts. Three Amigos, another comedy, was like 24. Like this made a ton of money. Uh, but there's no numbers of movies. Per Amigo. <laughs> I knew it off by heart. I did not look it up. But So I looked up the Skull and Ebert review, and they do have a chat about why they think this movie did so well. I just want to play a clip of that. My notion is American audiences like Crocodile Dundee for two reasons. One, because Paul Hogan himself was an immensely appealing actor with a sort of Jimmy Stewart combination of authority and modesty. And two, we're fascinated by this portrait of American society from the point of view of an outsider, a tough, no-nonsense outsider who's nevertheless never cruel, never bitter, but cuts through all of the anger and violence of a big city with his cheerful, good-natured charm. This is a truly escapist movie in which we are invited to identify with a man who can live life on his own terms and still be a nice guy. Sort of a likable Dirty Harry, if you will. Yeah. At the beginning of that interview they were doing with each other, I, I was like, you guys are awful. Like, this isn't wholesome. This isn't, but by the end, like, I totally see what he's saying. Like, the values of this, like, middle-aged yeah. class in America, they can look down on these people in this movie by, like, through the eyes of Paul Hogan. That's how they feel. They feel yeah. like a fish out of water in America. Well, God. yeah, and, like, it's, yeah, more it does than seem... ever, that's a thing right now. Well, right? I'm, I mean, like. Time is right for Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> when you think about it, like, I mean, there are a lot of people in, the u.s who don't live in cities or would feel yeah like i can see like this being it does feel like a very conservative movie when they put it that because yeah they do start of think of a lot of like really dumb things yeah. comparing him to jimmy stewart yeah and stuff. <laughs> but saying then, it's so wholesome although there are transvestites oh my god yeah, but it, yeah uh, it's, it's not a condescending movie in the sense that like they do have these aspects that like they said could kind of titillate audiences mm. but it like they said, it reassures them of their kind of conservative values, maybe. I yeah, thought that was an interesting point. Does. Yeah, it's it, and viewing it through that lens, like, really makes me not like Crocodile Dundee. Well, I mean, I think that's what I saw watching the film as it was. Like, he's a person who uses violence to solve his problems. He delineates between people that are people and people that are others in this movie. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that people get behind, like, the f- most famous quote from this movie is he called out a knife, this is a knife, and right. he pulls out that, that big honk of knife. Right, and of course, he's being, he's walking down the street with Sue, yeah. and a mugger, yeah. who happens to be a person of color, <laughs> pulls out just a happens, blade. Just happens to be. 
Well, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> in this movie, that's something that's a choice they made. Exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. And but it's it it seems to definitely hit that target in America for the people that right now the gun debate is back on the table, and it's people that are like, we need to arm teachers. Then and it's like, no, that's Give them bring, Bowie knives. That's bringing out a bigger fucking knife. You know, like. Right. But that's what America responds to, in a certain or or a certain section of America responds to. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like it's a weird thing because at certain times we're supposed to like in a way like laugh at crocodile dundee right. and how he like doesn't understand escalators and at other times or i feel bidets. like yeah, yeah. like what a, a fool <laughs> i feel like other times we're supposed to embrace crocodile dundee and his more like traditional mm. experiences or, or reactions to to his experiences all of this is to say I don't understand how this movie is like a romance at the end it's, because they yeah. try to kind of put this rom-com button oh on God. all of this random wackiness. Well, I also don't understand how it, it's- it almost sounds like the graduate. <laughs> 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 He's about to take the, the bus or the subway. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And she's going to get married. <laughs> I also yeah. don't understand how it's how it's uh, mm. an Australian movie because it it feels really American. Like all well, it was the funded by the Australian Film Board. Yeah, but it, it, like all its responses to things, like even in to go back to the gun debate, Australians cramp down on that. Yeah, and, they don't have those anymore, and they don't have that gun debate because they don't have school shootings as much. Like, but they this was made 19, a huge change. This was 1986. I mean, it was a sort of different place, and Australia is like a really conservative country in a lot of ways. They sort of like I've heard it, but not as conservative as we've seen from the states with like doubling down on on certain. But like, in a lot of ways, they are. In a lot of ways, they absolutely. Uh, all right, are. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have a. There was another scene, like because they also try make this movie kind of like it feels like you know movies we've talked about in the eighties that have that conservative cities are scary, dangerous mm-hmm. places. Like at one point, Crocodile Dundee goes downtown by himself and is Im- immediately runs into the same pimp. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, New York was a smaller place. It's a small town, but he runs <laughs> into the same pimp yeah. who this time has two guys with him, and mm-hmm. they all start beating the crap out of Crocodile Dundee. And Reginald Vell Johnson shows up, runs over the pimp oh, with yeah. his car. And then, yeah, that's how he makes his money. <laughs> he <laughs> took then, his job and ran over someone with it. <laughs> but then, one of the two like henchmen that was beating up Crocodile Dundee is running away. Like yeah. they're not in danger anymore. Reginald Bell Johnson rips off like a hood ornament, the boomerang, whip, like a boomerang hood ornament. Oh yeah, whips it at the guy. Presumably breaks his neck. Yeah. Like, there, he wasn't a threat anymore. He's running away. Like, yeah. why would you throw that at him? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be though, like a throwback to. Crocodile Dundee's stupid joke when he first meets him, and he's like, "What tribe are you?" Yeah, because he's, he's like, "I'm not from any tribe." Yeah, no, because he says after that, he's like, "You sure you're not from a tribe?" <laughs> he's like, like, My tribal history was erased by colonialism, bitch. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a footnote that comes on screen to more sources. <laughs> yeah. No, he really, he really kills that guy with an antenna. Yeah. Yeah, that guy isn't moving. No. <laughs> he doesn't get up at the end of that scene. He just lies in a puddle of blood in the alley. And he, he's also totaled like You his gotta help car. me, Nick. We gotta get rid of this body. <laughs> yeah, put him in my destroyed job. You know any crocs? <laughs> no, his body. Also, his job is ruined because he just totaled his car. Good I luck know. putting ran over pimp on your insurance claim form. <laughs> <laughs> that was a work hazard in New York in the 80s. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I have so much else to talk about. But yeah, so quickly, like the guy proposes to her. She decides 
realized she's in love with Crocodile Dundee for basically no reason. Like, yeah. There was no, I guess they had chemistry, especially because they like got married in real life. Yeah, but there's that scene oh, yeah. where her dad is in the car with her and he's like, go to him. I know. Yeah. <laughs> if, so funny. if I was her friend, I would think she was having like a midlife crisis meltdown yeah. because she oh, yeah. like <laughs> abandons her life to run off with this 47 year old <laughs> Australian. Australian. Well, nothing wrong with Australia, but this well, guy. No, no, Rob, no. You can't ostracize a whole country again. I, no, I'm not. Not again. I'm, not, I'm just saying Australian men, they will, this thing. They, they will boot you. <laughs> they use their accents to seduce our women. Oh. We, when we, they're on their gap year, the young ones, they just come and they take our women in droves. It's because the Canadian accent is the worst accent in the whole world. I know. I just want to go to some country where my voice is considered sexy. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it anywhere in the world considered if, sexy? The if Canadian you're listening to this somewhere Sorry. out there, <laughs> our podcast is considered an aphrodisiac in like Norway or something. <laughs> Better than ground up narwhal horns. <laughs> but I, I kind of like the very last scene, yeah. like where they're on the subway platform and they have it's to call. Beautiful. It's. It's a nice scene, but it's out of nowhere. Like, there's no yeah. callback to it. There's no like well, no. thing in the in the bush where he like uses other people to communicate long distances well, or whatever. I mean, it's not using other people, but there is like this little thing of communication. The Walter guy uses like a yip sound to call to him or something like that. Like, I felt there was like a in the in the outback you have to use long distance communication, and then in the city, this crowded place, this place yeah. where there's too many people, which is the exact opposite. He sort of does the same thing, but... But where you feel just as lonely. Yeah. yeah. But they've the had, like, people. since they got back from the Outback, they've had, like, three scenes together. And one of oh, them, yeah. he punched the guy for no reason. Like, and, yeah, but and what another a punch. One, he brandished a bigger weapon than the person that was trying to rob him. Yeah, and, again, and what a weapon. <laughs> like, again, it's like this weird thing where the character, like, reverted on all of her ideals from the first part of the movie because she's like, yeah, she's all talking about how she likes that he protects her yeah. and stuff. Well, She's one of those people who takes on all the traits of their partner. She's going to start wearing a crocodile skin hat, <laughs> yeah. carrying a Bowie knife, speaking He's with a be bad accent. Yeah. But I, I can't help but, again, feel like... This is a script written by Paul Hogan, where he is like, oh, yeah, of course she falls in love with me. I don't, you know, we don't. Why wouldn't she? Also, make it no contest. Like, that's what he did in this script. Like, the other guy, he's, he's not a nice person. He's not an interesting person. She doesn't love him. Yeah. She's always flirting with Paul Hogan in every scene right. she's in. I thought like, it was, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was interesting, though, because at first he's her editor. And so we think that. Oh, he has power over her, and because he's also her boyfriend. But then we find out that her dad owns the paper, so he ain't fucking shit. <laughs> he, she can have yeah. him fired in like no time. An yeah. Australian second. Yeah. <laughs> in an Australian second? Yeah, it just happens yeah. 12 hours before. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it happens in Crocodile Dundee, too. Crocodile Dundee is now the editor of like Newsweek or whatever, <laughs> wherever she writes. Yeah, he, he cuts all the copy with a Bowie knife. Yeah, it's all an uh, alligator hide. I do want to talk about the inspiration for this story. Did you right. guys read about this? Yeah. The um, real Crocodile Dundee? Rod Ansel? Rod Ansel, that's right. Yeah. So he okay. he had kind of a similar story, survival story, where he was in the outback for like. 56 days or something Jesus. like that and he survived off like drinking like cow's blood and stuff all this crazy stuff He's just <laughs> killing people's cows 
Uh, Man, no, he was Crocodile Dundee. He'd hypnotize them first. But he was Cow yeah. Dundee. They had to change it a little. Just killed everything he Cow's not so sensational. No, but it's the same origin story. It was a, his boat right. was bitten in half by a crocodile, and he had to survive on his own. And he survived, came back to civilization. They wrote a book about him. He was a big celebrity. Michael Parkinson interviewed him. And supposedly Paul Hogan never went on the record and said he was the inspiration. Right. But his co-screenwriters mm-hmm. said that he was the inspiration or that interview that Michael Parkinson did with him was the inspiration. In that interview, he even said that he preferred to sleep on his floor than in the hotel bed they gave him for the interview. Yeah. So, but then apparently Ansel wanted to start a business, like an adventure tour business and like bill it as the real crocodile Dundee. Right. And supposedly he said, he asked, Paul Hogan or Paramount, if he could do that. And he said, like, I'd even sign a thing saying, you know, I don't have any rights to the character, but I just, you know, I want to be able to say, like, the real Crocodile Dundee. And they said no. And he was really pissed off about it. Yeah. If he's the inspiration, let him use it. And then he went after Paul Hogan with a Bowie knife. (laughs) Headshot. Well, no. One one stab wound. He started growing pot. Okay. And got into doing meth. Not cool. Oh, my God. This is exactly the plot. Of Crocodile Dundee 2? No, of <laughs> Charlie Kaufman, Orchid Thief. This is exactly the plot of... Uh, kind of, except then at the very end, in a possible drug deal, he was involved in a shooting and the cops chased adaptation. him. And okay. then he shot and killed a police officer and was then himself shot and killed. Oh my lord. Never, that, went, never went to Los Angeles. That went south so fast. Yeah, so it's actually like a super, super sad story. Yeah, it is a super sad story. <laughs> yeah. I was making jokes. Through, oh. Yeah. yeah Sorry, no. I should have told you it was sad before I let you make all those jokes. No, you just I, seem really insensitive. Yeah. Now. Actually, even talking about this movie seems insensitive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the fact that they wouldn't let him... If they had let him... You don't care. Those are crocodile tears. (laughs) But if they had let him use the name, there might have been a different outcome to that story. I I think he still used the name and like... His brochure in smaller prints and just <laughs> right. like was daring them to sue him. But yeah, crazy story. Wow. And then there was Crocodile Dundee two. But this is sorry, but this is kind of like the plot of adaptation, right? It's like like the Susan Orleans story. Well, or like the or- crocodiles or orchids, yeah. yeah. But. If like the, the reporter who was doing the story on him also got swept up in it. <laughs> Yeah, no, she is a reporter for drugs, but she is a reporter <laughs> up the scale. reporting on an outback man. He didn't that actually falls in love with him. He didn't actually marry a reporter who was doing a story on him. That part, they no, but did in adaptation, <laughs> I know that happened in adaptation. All right, just anyway. saying. All right, we did briefly mention that Linda Kozlowski, who plays plays the love interest, actually married Paul Hogan in yeah. 1990. They were oh, married for crazy. like until. 2014, I think. Yeah, 2013. Three or four movies together, most of them Crocodile Dundee movies. <laughs> so he just wanted to date and then made a movie to do that I guess. and then was successful at that. No, no, no. Correction, yeah. he made two movies to do that because they married in 1990. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he did leave his first wife of like 30 years. Yeah. Oh, I think God. they had kids and stuff too. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so he, he kind of had the story of, of her. Yeah. Right. He like fell in love with yeah. the city. Maybe yeah. his dad was like, go to her <laughs> for no reason. Uh, Just like an, a crocodile said that to him at night. And Paul Hogan is like a sketch comedy guy. Did you know, guys know that? No. Yeah. He, had like, he had a show called The Paul Hogan Show before, even oh, before I knew those that, tourism but I didn't know the sketch. That's cool. Yeah. Like I, I looked up some clips on YouTube. There was like a Star Trek parody called Star Trot. Okay. <laughs> Classic. He played Spock. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think he was like. 
sort of found in like a talent sort of search situation or something like that right. because he was like a bridge welder or something. Yeah, he did like a fake knife throwing bit or something on like a America's Got Talent type show okay. and then he like insulted the judges and everyone loved it or something. I couldn't find a clip of that. <laughs> that sounds also got talent made. That sounds so Australian. Just to like be like, fuck you judges and then everyone's like, yes! Insulting the judges. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and I did want to mention this movie was nominated for Best Original Screenplay what? at the Oscars. No! Yeah. What? It didn't win. No, this is a lazy screenplay. <laughs> What, like, not much happens. What else was nominated that year? Short Circuit 2? <laughs> <laughs> I think Woody Allen won for Hannah and Her Sisters. I mm. believe I saw that. Man. But also, Paul Hogan co-hosted those Oscars with Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. That's, That's a, a random <laughs> assortment of people to host the Oscars. Holy so shit. So much time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Hogan hosted the Oscars with Mr. T and the Who's Got Beef Lady. <laughs> <laughs> Charo presented. Yeah. It was like the Webby Awards before the Webby Awards. Uh, and I think he won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy, I believe. Oh. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you guys. I think he's okay. I think he's kind of charismatic. And he does have, like, a certain sense of comedy, which is. Like Jimmy Stewart. Not like Jimmy Stewart <laughs> in the least. <laughs> no, but. He would have just punched Mr. Potter and then <laughs> grabbed his junk. He's really. <laughs> he's really committed to being Australian. I'll give him that. He doesn't play it too much. He's very restrained. He's I pretty think stoic. Almost. Yeah, yeah. And some nice. some of the comedy is really good. Like when they're in the hotel room and he sees the bidet and she's like, "Figure it out." And he like puts his foot in it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And I love when he yells out the window. It's for washing your backside. Yeah. <laughs> you just like bidet humor. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Bring it back. And this movie, of course, as we alluded to, your bum. <laughs> spawned two sequels, Crocodile Dundee 2, which I don't remember what happens in that. I think Weird Al makes a cameo. What? Really? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to watch that. And he also did Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, like way later. Yeah, it was like yeah. 2001. I it was think. like way past it was in the when 2000s. they should have made the third Crocodile Dundee movie. Yeah. And I watched the trailer and he looks so old in that movie. Like, he looked old in the first one. And it's he, just him with a walker. I think he was stuffed. <laughs> and this I, is my walker bout. I do just want to show you a quick clip of that because I, I was looking it up on YouTube. And there is, there's a clip in this movie. This is a thing that happened for no reason. Crocodile Dundee and his son run into Mike Tyson in a park who teaches them how to meditate. Excuse me, mister. What are you doing? Well, I'm meditating, young man. What's meditating? Uh, meditating is a, a special place I go in my mind where there's no distraction and I receive a great source of power. Cool. Can you show us how, please? Sure. Come forward and have a seat. My name's Mikey. What's yours? Hey, Mikey. I'm Mike. Oh, I'm Mike. I'm Mick. Mikey's dad. Mikey, Mick, Mikey. You got to be kidding me, right? Huh. Okay, okay. Fold your legs, like in a Buddha position. Grab your ankles to save yourself from some discomfort. And um, you're going to take an easy, close your eyes, relax. Inhale the positivity. Exhale the negativity. Inhale the positivity. Exhale the negativity. When I want to learn... How to channel 
my chakra or you know whatever. <laughs> when I want when I want to get to a peaceful state, the first name I think of on my list is convicted rapist Mike Tyson. Come forward. Just, oh what God. is he doing? What is uh, why is that a thing that was in a movie? Well, and then and this I was mean, before. This is before digital. They got a film camera. They filmed that and then took it to a lab and developed it and struck film prints and shipped them around the country with chemicals. That's right, Daddy-O. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's exactly what they did. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Let's go around and say if this is rewatchable or not. Rob, what's your take? Uh, Oh. I mean, other than the problematic parts and, like, the terrible conservative sort of perspective of the character, I did kind of find it funny. Uh, The first part's, like, really boring, but after he got to uh, New York, I just sort of enjoyed watching him try to walk down escalators. (laughs) I thought you were going to say bidets! (laughs) You know, the the great thing about him with all the weirdnesses is that he doesn't ever make it too big. It's not like Jim Carrey, but he doesn't try... He's just, like, a normal person going through this, and that makes it ten times funnier than it should be, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm going to say it's mildly rewatchable. Okay. okay. What about you, Jam? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, now, remember, if you say no, you're insulting all Australians. Oh, geez. I don't know. And one of our patrons. I would honestly be interested to know how Australians feel about this movie yeah. now. I can't imagine. Like, I'm sure if I met an Australian and was like, Crocodile Dundee, they would probably punch me in the face, thus reaffirming all those stereotypes. <laughs> but no, but I can't imagine like, yeah, this movie became such a thing. I mean, I almost kind of like just have this warm nostalgia for this movie because of the trend it started. Like we were talking about right. everything in the 80s after this, every character went down under. Yeah. yeah. The well, rescuers, Quigley. Yeah. And like, we live in like a very small world now, but in the 70s and 80s, there wasn't that much culture or cultural export from Australia. We had ACDC, and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think people probably wrongly learned a lot about Australia, or at least it sort of ignited a fascination about this, like, place all the way across the world. Well, then it worked for tourism. It 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 absolutely worked for tourism. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's an interesting movie. There's not really another movie like it. Even the setup's weird. Like, I was thinking about it when I was watching it, and I was like, this setup really only makes sense if it's, like, a horror movie. Like, Mm. I don't understand why any of this is happening. But, no, I mean, there's too many things that are just dated, like we were talking about. It's just horribly dated. Yeah. The the thing, and it's got this weird conservative bent to Crocodile Dundee's reactions. So I'm not... But he is kind of charming. I don't know. I, I guess, like, if Crocodile Dundee 2 was on... TV when I got home, I would probably watch it. Mm. I mean, there are parts that are rewatchable to this movie, but I, I feel like if you put all the parts that are rewatchable on one scale and all the parts that are not rewatchable on another, it would tip in the favor of not rewatchable. Just because, For sure. just because of the, like, the, the problems with it, the transphobia, it doesn't age well that way. And I think it's funny in parts, but I never had like a really big belly laugh or gut reaction. And I what think about for the bidet. Uh, almost. <laughs> I mean, you're making me enjoy it way more than anyone else has. But yeah, I'd say that it's it's, it's not terribly rewatchable. I, I think you're just not getting it. So the thing is, he's never seen a bidet before, <laughs> so he's not sure where the water's supposed yeah, to go. Yes, that's fair. But it goes for your bum. <laughs> Which is funny. I think this has been the most childish rewatchability we've done in a long oh, while. I also do want to say the, the movie's almost 
worth it for the jokes in the Simpsons episode? Well, yeah. like Knifey Spoonie. <laughs> I mean, there's I'll been a lot that's been Spoonie before. Yeah, that's been like lampooned over the years. And watching it, I was almost watching all the parodies of it instead of it. Right. You know? yeah. That's why it was kind of hard to yeah. watch. And the Super Bowl ad was kind of funny. Yeah. Did you guys watch that? No. Well, it's got a funny joke because it's I only like, watch Aussie Rules football because they make it seem like a trailer for like a reboot of. Crocodile Dundee, where Danny McBride's like his American son or something. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's showing him around Australia. Nice. But they make it seem like a movie trailer, and Chris Hemsworth just keeps talking about how great Australia is. And then at a certain point, they're like having dinner, and Danny McBride's like, wait a minute, this isn't a movie. This is just an ad for tourism, isn't it? He's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. It was kind of a funny joke. And Paul Hogan's like in a corner looking old with no sleeves on still. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Well, I think we've come to the end of one of the most childish episodes of rewatchability. But stop saying that. Yeah. Well, I'm only saying that because the the Blaine's names. I'm bringing it back. Oh man, yeah. I'm bringing it back for for this episode because I, I found the most giggly childish name that A I could Blaine's find. Blaine's funny name. Okay. Yeah, uh, what was it? The assistant editor on this movie named uh, Dick Fokker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, wow. So I'm sorry to all of Australia for what we've done. Thank you, Michael, for for uh, suggesting this. I do wonder if that's a pseudonym, though. Yeah. You think? Like uh, the director edited it and wasn't a guild member or something? <laughs> <laughs> there were two assistant editors. One was named Dick Fokker. <laughs> and that's it this week on Rewatchability. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for pledging, Michael, on Patreon to select this movie. And you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability to give us a, a bit of pocket change to, to get the podcast early and to get classic episodes of the podcast as well. And you can find us on Twitter at rewatchability, facebook.com slash rewatchability. And we're also now on Spotify. Oh, yeah. We're on Spotify, yeah. which is very nice. You can listen to us there and stream us. If you have a Spotify, yeah, account. go get a T-shirt on T Public too. That's oh, up yeah. and running now. Yeah, yeah, people have been. People have been buying T-shirts, which is really nice. And remember, don't put your dithery do on your billabong. That's not a thing that anyone says. Dick Fokker. Why wouldn't he change his name to Richard? <laughs> like, just go by Richard. Why would he change his name to Crocodile Fokker? <laughs> oh, <wait>. Crocodile <laughs> Fokker. The real adventures that's of a, Crocodile Dundee. That's a crime in us. 